Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Loretta Zanetti, nurse practitioner and owner of Erasable Med Spa and Aesthetic Institute. All right, welcome everybody. This is Alex Tiersch, and you are listening to Medical Spa Insider. We're very thankful for you to be listening to our to our little podcast here, and we're very excited today um, to be talking about lasers. We're really talking about the energy device industry, which is, I feel like it's it's a massive part of the industry. It is a a a part of many med spas that provides the the highest profit center and the most revenue. But it's also one that we don't really talk about as much as injectables. Injectables is kind of the you know the eight hundred pound gorilla. Um, but we're going to talk all about um, laser and energy devices today with Loretta Zanetti, nurse practitioner and owner of Erasable Med Spa and Aesthetic Institute, which is in Tampa. Um, she's a nurse practitioner. She is, uh, I think I should be calling you like Lieutenant Colonel. Is that what it is? I mean, you're, you're a former <laughs> army uh, army soldier, I guess. I mean, and, and you've <laughs> managed to make your way into the med spa industry. Welcome to the program. I appreciate you joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I listen to your podcast all the time. Oh I get lots of fantastic information from it, both my husband and I. He is the business side of our uh, practice, and we learn so much. So I'm so happy to be a part of this and to give back a little bit, too. Oh, just tell me a little bit more about how much you like the podcast. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's unpack that. Just joking. So um, first of all, thank you for that. I, I, I really do appreciate it. So we are, uh, as you heard in the intro, um, going to be talking about the device industry, specifically the energy device industry. And just for a bit of context, um, we are fast approaching Medical Spa Show 2023, MSS 2023, um, which is February 2nd through 5th in Vegas at the fabulous Wynn Resort and um, Hotel and Casino. And this thing is kind of becoming a monster unto itself because it's growing so quickly and we've got so many people signed up. One of the things that we're doing this year differently, and I cannot take credit for this idea because it was not my idea, but um, in large part because of the, the need to talk more about and give more training on energy devices, we are having on Thursday, which is the 2nd of February, an all-day um, masterclass in energy devices and, la- and laser devices, of which Loretta is part of the faculty, and you're going to be teaching part of that. Um, and I would love to just know um, from your perspective, what's um, why is it important to, to do more training in, 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 in energy devices? One of the things that you mentioned, I think it was in an email or something, or maybe it was uh, um, uh, in a combo we had, was just that, that, that there's not a whole lot of training on energy devices, and which is one reason we're doing this. Why is it important? And, and, and what are you looking forward to about the, um, the training that we're doing? Yeah, I am so glad to see that there's going to be a master course um, at the Medical Spa Show this year because there really is a lack of education with the energy-based devices. Typically, if you buy a device, you get maybe a one-day training. Sometimes it's a half day. And then you're really left to your own devices. Mm. And... um, you know, when it comes to the injectable world, you get training from the reps, you can go to master courses, there's advanced courses, courses on cannula, sculpture, Mm -hmm. there's just a whole plethora of education out there and YouTube videos. But there's really a lack in the energy based space. And 
I think that in order to really be successful in generating money with your devices and to make sure that you are providing the best results for your patients, you really need to make it a lifelong a lifelong learning process, just like you would with the injectable side. Um, and sure. so I'm really glad that we're starting to take some focus on that. I get requests from people every day from around the country who are asking me questions and saying, can you come out and do a class um, or can you come to my practice and teach me because all I got was this little bit. And when that happens, you're really kind of just stuck trying to figure things out yourself. And that trial and error sometimes leads to burns or inadequate results or unhappy patients. And when that happens, the devices just end up sitting in the corner of your office, like a really expensive coat rack, and it doesn't get used. And so if we can really educate people on how to use these devices properly, we're going to get spectacular results and everybody's going to benefit from it. Yeah, and I so I have I have so much to to talk to you about. Um, but that that's an interesting point, and I'm glad that you um, raised it to start because I, I'm curious why, like, why isn't there as much training on energy devices to the level that you're talking about? Because you're absolutely right. You can get basic courses. It's kind of a point and fire, and you zap, and you have certain things that you do. You adjust the the settings based upon various things. But to really get the full benefit of these machines, not only from a um, an output perspective, but also from a revenue generating perspective, you really th- th- there's a lot to know. And I feel like for whatever reason, the industry has yet to catch up with that's um, that training. Do, do, do you have any idea why that is? I mean, have you have you asked any of the uh, like whether it's any of the, the 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 manufacturers or anything like? Why are we kind of trying to play catch up here on on laser training? I I think the emphasis has been on injectables for such a long time, um, and the I think the um, cost of entry into the device world is a little bit steeper, and so. Yeah. The, sure. the first thing that people reach for or, or the service that they want to offer is to offer Botox or neurotoxins and filler because you really could just order one vial, have it shipped the very next day. And then, um, you know, so it's not quite as expensive to get into. Right. And then I also feel like there's a natural fear because we don't understand it very well, the energy-based devices. And the more you fear it, the less you do of it. And so it just becomes this vicious cycle. Um, but I think that Absolutely. we're recognizing there is a need for it, especially as more and more uh, practice owners become successful with the injectables. The next thing they think is, okay, now I'm ready for a laser. And how, how am I going to pick this and how am I going to do uh, how am I going to make money with this? And so I think we're seeing the need better now that more people are getting into purchasing these devices. So I think you made an excellent point that I want to talk about because w- when we, go around the country and speak on business issues. Lately, I've, I've, I've found that most of the advice from practice owners that we're getting to, to nurse practitioner providers, PA providers, RN providers, whatever it is, is oftentimes they'll say, you don't need to build the Taj Mahal of med spas right out of the bat. You don't need to buy eight types of devices right off the bat. You can start with just doing injectables and just slowly scale up. And I feel like that's been a like the model that a lot of folks have followed. And while I think there's a lot of efficacy to that and, and, and it's that, that that's insightful, 
I also know from talking to a lot of those same folks that they didn't really start making good a lot of money until they added these energy devices in. And I bring this up because you have, first of all, you're, um, you were in the army and you uh, then opened a med spa. I would love to kind of back up a little bit and get your story because I think that's, it's interesting. But, and, and, and then where I want to land is you in many ways kind of took the opposite approach and that you started, you know, you, you, you kind of had these devices right off the bat, but you grew them slowly. And I love, I would love to talk about that aspect of it, how you grow an energy device business as opposed to just sticking with um, injectables. And in order to do that, let's kind of back up to, to when you started and, and just talk about, you know, how you got into the industry and, and, and what your decision making matrix was for, for deciding which treatments to offer. Yeah. So I think my story is atypical in every possible way. Um, I did not get into the aesthetic industry because I wanted to, I got into it because my husband kind of forced me into it. Funny enough. Good. (laughs) That's how we like it. That's, that's how we like people (laughs) to get in the industry is when their husbands force them to great. (laughs) Well, how'd that happen though? What's the story behind that? Yeah, so I um, was leaving an active duty army assignment uh, here in Tampa, Florida, and trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And this was about 2013. And a friend of mine who I had gone to nurse practitioner school with was living out in L.A. and was doing some volunteer work at a, a local practice that did tattoo laser tattoo removal for mm-hmm. free for gang members. Um, which, you know, we know in L.A. there's a, there's a high population of uh, gang members and these people who are trying to turn around their lives needed to be able to get rid of this constant visual reminder that tied them to these gangs that they were no longer affiliated with. And she had called me one day and she's like, you know, I think I think this could be really good. Like, I think there's a business model here. And I was talking to her and I was like, okay, I have no interest in aesthetics, no interest in lasers and no interest in tattoos. I'm not even sure that this is the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I happened to have mentioned it to my husband uh, who is very business minded. And he did a little bit of research and saw that tattoo removal was a booming industry. Um, and this is in 2013 and it was projected to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And so then he d- took a look at our demographic being in Florida, a warm weather state where people show their skin a lot. And we are one of the highest, sta- the one of the states with the highest number of people with tattoos per capita, which meant that there could potentially be more people who would be interested in tattoo removal. And so mm-hmm. he did his research and he's like, I think we've got something here. And it kind of continued to push me to, to do this. And I was like, well, you know what, if this is important to you, I'm going to give you one year. <laughs> we'll give you one year and then you're going to find another nurse practitioner to do this because I really have no interest in starting my own business either. Uh-huh. And so we started on this journey with one laser tattoo removal device in one room mm-hmm. and you know, I think that many entrepreneurs are going to be able to relate to this. When you put your heart and soul into something, it starts to reflect who you are. It becomes a part of you and you actually start to love it because Mm -hmm. it's yours and you watch it grow into something really kind of amazing. And, um, Funny enough, I learned to love laser tattoo removal. It's one of our most popular services, and I still absolutely enjoy doing it. And I think part of it is not just the tattoos itself, but each of those tattoos means something to people. And 
um, then there, and there's a reason for getting rid of it. So you become a very integral part of this person's life, whether or not you're removing the tattoo because, you know, they went through a divorce and it's a ring tattoo. Maybe they're removing a name of an ex mm-hmm. or they're now, you know, transitioning into a larger career or maybe they're getting out of a gang. Whatever it happens to be, those tattoos had some sort of meaning at one point in their life and now it has a different meaning and that's why it has to go away. And so uh, that's how I learned to love laser tattoo removal. And so, you know, additionally, my story is different because I actually didn't start with injectables. I started with the energy-based devices. And then with the success of tattoo removal, my patients were like, well, can you use, now that my tattoo is gone, can you use that to remove hair? Um, (laughs) And you really can't. So then it was like, well, people keep asking about this. So I need to buy my next laser, which was hair removal laser. Yeah. And then people would ask, can you use this for my face to make me look younger? And so it really just kind of snowballed into me um, building uh, my practice with one device at a time, figuring out what my patients wanted and needed, and then adding slowly devices um, so that I am now probably have like 14 in my practice right now, as well wow. as a full injectable business. So yeah, I, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I think um, that's fascinating. Number one, the, the, at first I didn't even realize there were kind of pro bono, uh, which is the, you know, the, the legal term for, you know, charitable tattoo removal services in LA for gang members, which I think is, is brilliant because you're right. Like that's a big part of what these, what these, these folks are going through. Um, that must've been rewarding in and of itself. What, what was that like? Yeah. So we, we actually do a, a number of, um, pro bono work. We, uh, partner with a company called Soul Survivor Inc. and we remove tattoos on human trafficking victims. Oh, really? um, we remove tattoos for radiation uh, patients who are cancer survivors once they're finished with their radiation treatments. Um, and we do remove tattoos for gang members too. And so it's incredibly rewarding. And our patients are very, very grateful because it really means that they can start a new phase in their life and kind of just leave the old behind. Absolutely. So the first question I have is that, again, a lot of the folks that listen to this are, are, are business owners or are looking to open a business. And one of the main issues that folks have is startup capital, right? Like it's, it's expensive to go out and buy devices. It's, it's expensive to have real estate. It's expensive to get patients, which is, I think, one of the reasons, as you mentioned early on, that folks start off with just injectables because there's low, there's relatively lower overhead. You don't have a lot of um, inventory and things like that. You started with tattoo removal. And I think the, the reasoning that, um, by the way, it was your husband's idea to push you, but you were the one who did it. So it's like, you know, at some point you kind of took that on and, and actually did it. So I, I think it's, it's very astute of him to kind of get you onto that, but to start just with a tattoo removal machine in one room, that's that, that number one, that's fascinating. How did you go about figuring out what to buy, how to get patients to come in? And did you have like a budget? I mean, and this must have been, even though it was only, you know, you, you said you gave them a year. That's that, that that's a lot of, of money to invest in potentially what won't even be your career. Absolutely. It was definitely a leap of faith. Um, and we really stuck to our budget and kept everything to the bare minimum 
you know, we had a chair and we had the laser and we got all of the basics and then kept all of the fluff out until we slowly kind of built up that service line. And now, we what is sure- the basics though? Like, tell me what that is. Like, like when you say stick to the basics, what did you stick to? And what's the fluff that you kept out? Okay. Um, so the space that we rented actually had three rooms to it. Um, but because that was the smallest that we could get the, we only furnished one room and we kept all of the other doors closed until we could actually afford to furnish it. So we had the laser, we had a patient chair, which I had purchased, um, used, um, and refurbished. Uh, we had the laser goggles, we had the laser training, and I had a little desk. That was my essentials. Um, I had no staff. It was just me. So I was the front desk person. I was the scheduler. I was the janitor. And I was the person firing the laser and checking people out. So we really kept all of those costs as low as we possibly could. Um, The fluff to me was like extra decorations. I bought a lot of things secondhand. I got some things off of uh, like a, a... a law practice actually that was going out of business. So I bought their old used furniture and when I could, I replaced it. So I really didn't go overboard with the decorations and whatnot and really just kept it focused on the quality of the service um, until we could add to it. That's awesome. And, and, and when you were focusing on opening with, with, uh, with an emphasis on, on the tattoo removal, was it clear to you from the beginning that, okay, we're only going to do tattoo removal? Like, this is what we're going to stick to. Or was there ever, you know, like, because as an, as an NP in this industry, you have the ability to do injectables. Was there ever that, that temptation to say, well, let's do this too? Or were you steadfast focused only on tattoo removal from day one? I, I think for that first year, we really thought it was just going to be tattoo removal. Our original name was Erasable Ink, I-N-K. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very tattoo-centric. Our original logo was a laser firing on um, on a tribal tattoo. And so it's, it's really interesting to see how you kind of like mature and grow and how new opportunities open up. And, and that's yeah. really kind of how we moved into the other things. You know, it was hair removal that was next. And then after that, people were asking about skin rejuvenation. And so really the injectables seemed like the next, um, really the next step for us. The next logical step. Yeah. So, yes. but as, again, as a, as a brand new owner, um, how do you go about deciding what to buy? Like what's your, uh, it, it, and it, it's, it's interesting that, that, that we're talking about tattoo removal because I feel like tattoo removal is, is, is somewhat of a forgotten area. You're absolutely right. In 2013, I remember when we were first starting Amspa and doing some of our boot camps, there was a few very large tattoo removal businesses. But since then, I feel like it's not, not that it's fallen out of favor, but it just, it doesn't, you don't see it as much. Um, but so talk about how you figured out, okay, what, what are you going to buy? Did you, did you think about, you know, the, the, like the, the profit margins on that and how did you figure out how you're going to make money and were you actually profitable that first year once you got going with, um, with the business? It took us about a year before we were actually making a profit. Um, and which is is typical. Yeah. We bought what we could afford at the time, you know, and so I couldn't buy the most expensive fancy laser that was out there i had to purchase something that was going to work within our budget which wasn't necessarily the best laser that was out there but was going to be good enough to get us the results that we were looking for um how'd you get patience 
<laughs> by any means possible. I really had to be creative because we did not have a huge marketing budget. Um, initially, you know, we did a few demo patients for free mm -hmm. so that we could get before and after photos of our own. I will say that the best marketing uh, that I ever do is before and afters of real patients. You know, stock yeah. photos really very rarely sell patients. But when I can show uh, a, a before and after from someone that I've treated myself, it really makes a huge difference. Um, I did partner with tattoo artists locally. I would go door to door and I would say, hey, you know, totally respect your work, you know, in the case that somebody comes by and has a bad tattoo that they want covered up and you can't do it and still be artistic with the new work, send them over to me. I can fade it down and I'll send them right back to you. Um, and so tattoo artists were actually a really good partnership that we had early on. And then I would also go to hair salons, nail salons, and I, I really pounded the pavement and to try to get people to come in. After that, your work really speaks for itself, but that of course takes time. You know, Getting rid of a tattoo can take six to nine sessions, sometimes even more than that. And I think that's why it took us about a year yeah. before we really started to kind of take off um, because the word of mouth was really very good for us because now that the, ta the tattoo was there and then it was gone um, yeah. and that did really well for us. And, and did, did you, when you started, were you doing any social media? Were you like, was your husband following you around with the iPhone as you went and talked to <laughs> folks? How, how'd that work? Yeah, you know what? I think that our social media presence really took off um, when I filmed a tattoo removal in process. So yeah. I had a patient come in to me and he uh, had just gotten out of prison. So he had some prison ink. Prison ink is typically a tattoo that's done with a hand um, a homemade gun uh, out of just like a motor and some parts. And then it's not tattoo ink that is usually used. It's just a combination of things that have kind of been burned and then turned into a paste and then tattooed oh. into the skin. Oh, and so he had these tattoos all over his face, uh, on his ears, on his eyes, et cetera. And it, it was a very, a very expensive removal. And I wanted to help this guy out. And so I told him, you know, I realized this is like a $5,000 tattoo removal just for your face. And I right. said, wow. understand that you can't afford this. If you'll let me film your treatments and kind of show people what we can do with this, um, I'll do your uh, entire removal at no cost. And so he was like, fantastic. And so we filmed it. Um, obviously with his permission and consent and <laughs> we posted you. that and it got picked up and it went viral. It got picked up by, um, beauty insider, um, uh, J, uh, yeah. JT jungle, uh, several different, um, big social media outlets. And then of course it ended up with like 9 million views. And that was wow. really, really helpful for Nine our business. Million. Oh my God. That's huge. Yeah, you know, people love to watch tattoo removal videos. Um, I started my TikTok account, uh, like, uh, not last summer, but the summer before that, and also filmed um, several tattoo removal videos and just kept it really nice and short. For some people, for some reason, people love it. And so my highest uh, watched video has 40 million views to it. And at this point we're at like a hundred million views oh in total gosh. for all of our videos and all free and filmed by with an iPhone with minimal editing. Wow. Well, there you go. See, I mean, everybody can, all you need is an iPhone and really <laughs> Absolutely. And, and minimal editing. That's, that's incredible. Now I'm curious cause I've never had a viral video. 
that's gotten that many. That's got, I think our most viral one, maybe I got like 10,000 and we were very excited. Um, <laughs> what, like what happens? Like, do, does, does it, does your phone just start ringing off the hook and are people coming from all different areas of the country or like, how does it work? And were you prepared for it? When, when it did yeah, happen. so we, we definitely get a lot of phone calls um, when our videos go viral. We do have people who travel to us from outside the state. And I even have a few handful of people that travel from outside of the country. But, you know, tattoo removal is a process. It doesn't go away with one session. And so I do some really good counseling. And then I, you know, but obviously if people want to travel to us from another country. I'm not going to stop them, but I do try to help them find somebody locally. But yes, our phones do ring off the hook. Wow. That's because we, you know, one thing we always tell folks is that the marketing effort is great until it succeeds. And then you actually have to service the people that are coming in and answer the phones and, and give, give, give good customer service. So what, so now you've, you've got this booming business you're a, uh, a TikTok star. You've got, <laughs> you've got, you know, you're, you're, you're speaking all over and educating for, for, for everybody. What, at what point along the way, and I understand you mentioned that you, you had folks then asking for hair removal and things like that. At some point though, you had to say, I'm going to embrace the idea of being a med spa and being in aesthetics and get into that kind of thing. Because you, because that's where you are right now. I mean, was that just a slow evolution for that to happen? Or was there a light bulb moment where you're like, wow, my husband was right. We can do this. And we're going to like, like <laughs> what was that like? So the light bulb moment was when I got my first syringe of dermal filler. <laughs> yes. And that was the moment where I was like, yes, there is something to this aesthetic business. <laughs> Um, so yeah, why is and, that? And that like, what, like what, what was it about that moment that, that, that caused you to think that? <laughs> I think, um, you know, that it, it, it's funny because it, aesthetic seems like it's so superficial, but the reality is, is that when you make somebody look good, you make them feel good and they yeah. feel like a million bucks. And that I think is what speaks to, to the heart of me being a nurse is that I'm really nurturing them from the inside out. And while it seems like it's superficial because it's a syringe of filler and maybe it makes your lips bigger, but the confidence that somebody has when they walk out the door and they're like, I feel amazing. That is incredibly rewarding and it's addictive too. I'm sure many of the other aesthetic providers out there feel the same way. When your patients are happy and they feel good about themselves, that's a high that can't be replaced by anything. Yeah. And so I actually misunderstood. So you're saying when you got your first, meaning somebody injected you with, with thermofiller that you were like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely something to this. <laughs> okay. That's so, um, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And I also think very instructive. I mean, um, because you're, 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 you're right. And I, I've had this conversation before and, and what I, one of the things I've always liked about this industry and like you, I, I never, like, I didn't set out to get into aesthetics. This was something I kind of fell into as a lawyer and I started representing clients and I discovered the industry. And, and so here we are. But one of the things that I always get a lot of fulfillment out of is when, the providers tell me that that the reason they love aesthetics and they love their job is not necessarily the money and the fun that we all have and that's great but it's it is the way that you make people feel and you're doing this on a on a on a level 
not only with the the med spa, the typical med spa treatments like injectables, but also when you talk about like, you know, tattoo removals from, from folks' faces, I mean, there's a real, there's deep meaning to that that's got to be very fulfilling. So that's really cool. Really love what we do. I think it's a fantastic industry to be in. And I, I know that's why a lot of people want to get into it. I mean, there's certainly some, some negatives to it too, but all in all, it's, it's a great field to be in. And so now are you, um, are you fully embraced in aesthetics or are you still trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I am fully wholeheartedly, totally embraced in aesthetics. <laughs> that's, that's awesome too. So like that there, there must've been a point where you're like, and I'm sorry, I've got, I've got a dog's barking in the background. Hopefully you can't hear that too much, but that's a, a common problem in my house. Um, <laughs> At, at, at some point, you must have, you know, been out to Applebee's or Olive Garden with your husband looking at each other going, you know what, this actually is going to be my career. And like, he was probably like, well, I told you so. But in the end, you have to be fulfilled as with what you do. And, and how have you, how does it feel to be a business owner? It didn't seem like you ever wanted to be a business owner, but you are one. And being an entrepreneur is so difficult because of the reasons that you said at the beginning of the podcast when it's, it kind of becomes you. It bec- you've kind of burst this creation and you build it and nurture it and it becomes something. And eventually it becomes its own thing. It has its own brand and people often know about the business more than they know about you. Are you, are you enjoying being a business owner? And is, is, is this something that you look to do for the rest of your life? You know, the reality of being a business owner is that it's a roller coaster. Um, you have a lot of highs and you have a lot of lows. Um, it's incredibly rewarding, but it also can be um, a huge burden, you know, because you once you grow the business and you've got employees, you know, it's it's even more um, like there's more on your shoulders, you know, to, that you have to take care of not just yourself and your family, but now your employees and their families and it affects a lot of people. But overall, it's it's so rewarding and I do love it. I don't know that I would ever be able to give it up. There are some days when I come home and I'm like, I'm done. We're selling the business. I'm out of here. And then my husband says to me, well, you know, you'll have to start paying full price for your Botox and filler again. I'm like, okay, let me go to bed so I can get up and go to work tomorrow. Uh (laughs) And so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that entrepreneurial bug is there and I have learned to love it. And I just don't know that I would ever um, go back to working for somebody else again. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's, that's really the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not so much, um, well, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, but one of the things is, but once you're your own boss, it's, it's really hard to go work for anybody else because, you know, it's just, it's impossible. Nobody else, none of the other bosses I have will let me get away with the stuff that I get away with. Um, but um, so I, I'm, I'm curious about the, the business side of tattoo removal. Right now, I guarantee there's somebody driving in their car. They're probably stuck on the freeway coming home from from the hospital uh, where they work and they're, they want to get into aesthetics and they, they're not sure how. They've thought about tattoo removal because they've got friends and they have one. You know, they've got the dancing bear that they got in college. Um, and their, their, their sorority tattoo or whatever it is. Um, talk about the business of it. I mean, is there enough, is there enough margin and is, is, is this a, a viable business product by itself or does it necessarily have to be part of 
other offerings that you have in order to make make money? Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're not, you know, there's not for profit things that we do. And you've certainly proved that. But you do want to make sure that you're making money so you can continue to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that so, you know, when you look at what service you want to offer, there's pros and cons to to both sides. So we talked about, you know, ordering a vial of neurotoxin and getting it the next day. And you only have to keep one vial on your shelf if you absolutely needed to in order to minimize your overhead. The problem is, is that how many people within a 10 mile radius offers Botox in your city, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it ends up being really an oversaturated market because it's so easy to get into. You know, devices on the other side have a very high cost to get into, but that means there's fewer people who are offering those type of things. And then once you are able to recoup your money for those devices, especially if they don't use any type of consumable, then 100% of what you're doing is profit. And that's how it's worked for us. You know, we paid off our laser device, we upgraded, you know, and then paid that off. And so with zero consumables, it's 100% profit. Whereas with neurotoxin, you know, at best, maybe you charge double, maybe 2.5 of what the cost of your actual neurotoxin is. And then Mm -hmm. that's your profit, you know. And so um, long term, if you do it right, and that's a big if, then your profit margin is going to be exponential. So if I do a medium-sized tattoo, which takes me less than five minutes of laser time to do, less than 15 minutes for an office visit, because most of the time I'm just kind of chatting people up during that 15 minutes, um, it's $245 for that less than 15-minute session. Mm-hmm. 100% of that profit goes in my pocket now that my laser is paid off. And so you really have to kind of get to that point where you're at that 100% profit. So I would tell, my advice would be, if you're going to purchase a device, make sure that you it's within your budget and then that you really do your best to know the device, to operate it really well, get superior results so that people will refer others to you. And then before you get into other things, like really maximize your profit on that one device before you start moving into other things. Otherwise, you just have an office full of devices that aren't doing anything. And that's really how you're going to generate the most revenue from each piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a great point. Um, and how how long did it, how long does it take to pay off a device just kind of in you know just generalizing if you're if if you're especially if you're only doing tattoo removal i mean did that take you a full year to do that and and i asked that and and you know this better than i a lot of the 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 laser reps will will give you kind of the the pie in the sky um, I, ideal of how you're going to pay off your your device. You get this many patients, boom, boom, boom. You'll be paid off in two months, and you'll be you know. But in reality, there's it's it's a lot more difficult. Usually, how long did it take you? What was your experience with that? And and what are some of the the kind of the the bumps in the road you had to overcome to get there? Yeah. So anytime I look at any new device, I, it is my goal to have it paid off in less than a year. Typically, my goal is six to nine months. Um, For my first tattoo removal device, it took us about a year. Um, For the second one, which was way more expensive because it was a Pico second laser, far superior, um, but an upgrade that we needed, um, that took us less than nine months to do. And so we were and, and, you know, we're talking about high six-figure devices when right. it comes to lasers. 
Um, and so that is really my goal for any device. And I realize it's a little bit of a guessing game, but you need to take a look at the cost of the device, the number of patients you think you might be interested, and then do your market research and see what other people are charging in the area. Because you can't charge three times more than the other guy is charging. You're not going to have anybody sitting in your chair. You don't want to be the lowest price person, but you probably don't want to be the most expensive person either, unless you already have a reputation that is going to allow you to do that. Yeah, that's uh, also a good point. Um, and it's different, I, I suppose, in, in some ways from like, especially tattoo removal is different from like an, an injectables practice where you can pay a premium, maybe charge more than your competitor down the street because you're offering this, that and the other, or you've got, you know, celebrities coming in or what have you. Um, but but this, you're right, it's it's uh, it's 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 fairly standardized in, 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 in the pricing. Um, what what you, 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 one thing you mentioned that I, that I want to ask about, you, you mentioned make sure that you, you know, you've, you've, you've estimated and figured out what your, your possible market is and how many folks you can bring in. Um, how did you go about doing that? I mean, like I, I know you had, generally speaking, you were in an area where people showed a lot of skin and there was tattoos, but how do you go in a particular area, say it's Aurora, Illinois, and figure out in a particular marketplace what your potential market is. Do you have any tips on that? Uh, I would look to see how many other places are offering that service. Um, Look to see what the quality of the device is that they're offering and then potentially read their reviews. That will help you to understand whether or not they're very successful with it or if they're not doing a very good job with it. Mm -hmm. And You know, if you have your own patient base already, then that's a lot easier because you can just query your patients. You can do a little poll. You can even do that through Instagram. Um, but if you, when we got into tattoo removal, we really didn't have that. We had zero patients to, to speak of. And so we really had to look at how the industry was growing, the number of people that were getting tattoos. So we assumed that there were going to be a lot of people who would want to have them removed. And then we looked at all of the different practices in the area that were offering this particular service. You know, sometimes success is not just about hard work um, and strategic planning. Sometimes it's a little bit of luck too. And, um, and when we got into the business, while there were several different places that were offering tattoo removal, I feel like they probably invested in the wrong equipment at that time and ended up not being very successful with it. And so that left the room for us to be able to capitalize on it. And so we, we used that time to really like grow our reputation and the quality of our work. And that's allowed us to kind of have a stronghold in this area. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's absolutely true. And then, and so in, in your particular area, like how did you select your, where your your how did you select your location? Did, did you is this just kind of near where you lived, or or did you try to pick some place where you thought there were a lot of tattoo, um, you know, uh, uh, parlors or whatever you call them, where people get tattoos? Like, how did you decide where to put your your business? Yeah, so we tried to find an area where there was the highest density of people. Um, in the Tampa, uh, in the Bay Area, Tampa Bay Area is mm-hmm. what we call it. I actually lived in St. Pete at the time, which was a 45-minute drive from the office. Um, but mm-hmm. we thought that we would get the highest number of people um, in this area. And it had a lot to do with our budget, too, what we could actually afford um, and the square footage uh, that we could that yeah. we could use and, and pay for. And so that was one of the big things is that we wanted to capture as many people as possible. Um, St. Pete is across the bridge and it's a very short bridge, 
but for a lot of people, they just don't want to make that drive. And so we had to go where we thought most of the patients would be coming from. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's interesting. Do, do you think that the tattoo removal business through energy devices is, is what's your, what's your opinion on kind of the future of that market? Cause I, I've always seen it the way that you see it. There's Everybody I know has a tattoo, probably. There are a lot of them who don't like their tattoos and, and eventually will get them removed and haven't for whatever reason. Is this still something that you see as, as, a, as, a, as a viable, growing, thriving business down the road? Given Absolutely. The, yeah, I mean, it, it must yeah. be, right? I mean, there's got to be people who want their tattoo removed all the time. Yeah, you know, the more people get tattoos and and tattoos are no longer, you know, 25, 30 years ago, tattoos were really like for bikers and et cetera. But nowadays it's a very acceptable means of expressing yourself. You know, the problem is, is that it's permanent. And so very few things in life are permanent in the sense that you're always going to love it. And so that sorority tattoo or that ring tattoo that you have may not necessarily hold the same importance in your life 20 years down the road. And so as more people get tattoos and as it becomes more mainstream, more people are going to want to get rid of it. And I will say that tattoo removal is the one service line that is not affected by season. So it's not affected by the summer, Christmas time. You know, we have like in the injectables world, we have points where people like right now we're getting into the holidays. And so my office is flooded with Botox and filler Mm -hmm. patients because they want to look good for the holidays. In the summertime, things slow down because people are on vacation and they're kind of out of town. With tattoo removal, it's always been consistent for us and steady. Um, and so even with uh, economic downturn, it still remains um, consistent. Yeah. What is some kind of, so we've been, I've just was looking at the clock. We've already been talking for, for 40 minutes, which is amazing. And we could probably <laughs> talk all day about, and we haven't even gotten into other um, energy devices. Cause I know it's not just tattoo removal that you, that, that you work with. Um, but um, I'm curious like, where do you see kind of the future of the business going? I know that there's going to be demand and it's strong. Are, is, is there still technology coming out that'll make tattoo removal easier? That'll make it le- is it a little less painful? There, there's there, there, there's things that can be approved upon. As you know, it takes several treatments for it to be fully removed. Um, and then oftentimes there's a tattoo put over it. I mean, where do you see the industry going? Well, I think that the aesthetic industry in general is always going to be growing and evolving. Um, it's it's such a big field to get into, and people love new and exciting stuff. And so the technology improves every day. And so I anticipate on the horizon something else that's going to be better and uh, more effective. And I'm excited to see it come along whenever it happens to to do that. I think that for growing uh, injectables practices, the next thing they're going to do is look at investing in a device to help them stand out from the crowd. Because every day there's a new Botox clinic opening, you know, even mobile services. And so to differentiate yourself, you're going to want something that is 
something that nobody else is offering. And so I think it's just going to keep growing and, uh, and get getting bigger. Yeah. And is, is, is tattoo removal something uh, that you're going to stick with as far as part of the services or are you? I don't think I could ever get rid of the tattoo removal part of it. It's a very consistent part of our business. We have made sure to diversify um, with the injectables and body contouring and the skin treatments. But I think we're always going to do tattoo removal. I think it's the core of what we do. And, and I love it so much. And I think it has such a huge impact that I don't think that I would ever give that up. So what's what's next for you in the business? Are you gonna? Is it you expanding to 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 go into every army base across the country, or what's your what's, <laughs> what's the plan? Well, so the next step for us is that we did purchase some land right across the street from where our current location is at, which we're leasing our current location, and so we have a plot of land. We have a fifty-two hundred square foot building that we wow. have plans for and are waiting for permitting through the city of Tampa. And so hopefully this time next year, we will be in that new space. Um, I'm growing my team to grow into that new space. And that is one part of it. I do plan on having um, a a training institute there because I have so many requests for injectables training as well as energy-based device training. And so we are building into that space, basically a classroom and treatment rooms. Um, with video cameras and whatnot so that we really can help to fill in that gap of education that is lacking in the industry. Um, I've got the medical spa show in February, which I am incredibly excited about. I'm doing that with um, several other providers. It's a master course. Um, And then I also doing a, a laser course through Aesthetic Advancement Institute because um, there's definitely a need out there. Yeah. And so that those are the future plans for us. That's awesome. Um, that's exciting. You know, from a from from being, quote unquote, forced into the industry to building out a 5000 square foot <laughs> brand new medical spa and training institute. That's 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 amazing. Your your old army buddies must be like, what the hell has gotten in there? <laughs> <laughs> How many tattoos of your old army buddies have you removed? Let's be honest. <laughs> I've had several. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what did you do in the army? You said that you were on active duty when you when you left. What 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 was yes. that? What were you doing? So I did a total of 18 and a half years. I started wow. off enlisted as a surgical tech. So I was in the operating room. The army paid for me to get my bachelor's degree. So I became a nurse in the army wow. that did that for about 10 years. And then they paid for me to get my nurse practitioner license. And so I owed them some time back for that. And so I have always been in healthcare uh, with the military. So when you have to kind of pay them back and, and, and serve, like, what does that mean as a nurse practitioner? Are you are you doing like clinics at in at bases, or or what's your what's your day to day job? It's it's kind of a combination of everything. You know, when you're in the army, you do whatever job it is that they give you. Yeah. So I did work in a clinic. I saw patients. Um, uh, and treated them as if you would, you know, in a primary care clinic. I also did um, um, review of records for soldiers that were injured in combat and were potentially being discharged medically. Yeah. Um, so I would review their packets. Uh, and then sometimes I did what's called PHAs, which are physical health assessments, you know, to make sure that people are fit for duty. Um, so those were the things that I did as a nurse practitioner yeah. in the army. So no, no Botox and lip filler in the army. For <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's no, the no, next, no, none of that. <laughs> that's the next frontier. Like we're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to have meetings at the Pentagon and get, and get them to open up a med spa. 
at every right. army because base. if they're happy, they're going to run our country better. That's, <laughs> that's right. Well, L- L- Loretta, I really appreciate you taking the time um, to talk to me. I, this has been great. I would love to talk to you uh, further. And we'll have to, you know, since you're doing a full build, I would love to get down there and just like look at and, and kind of document your experience building your, your med spot because that would be cool. I think a lot of people would, would find that interesting. Um, and we can talk to you throughout the process. And, and you know, I'm sure you'll be stressed and, and happy all at the same time. But it's been such a cool, um, it's been a cool um, time talking to you. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No, of course. And you can see Loretta in Vegas, Medical Spa Show, February 2nd through 5th. Um, it's going to be amazing. Just, 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 just putting that out there. But Loretta, I'll see you there. Thanks again for your time. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Loretta Zanetti, nurse practitioner and owner of Erasable Med Spa and Aesthetic Institute. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.